0: Hello, welcome to Tour. It's the week beginning the 25th of September, 2023. So Julianne, it was great at the carnival last night, wasn't it? Uh,
1: it was. It was really incredible, Mary. Um, it was so busy down there that I couldn't actually find you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and you found me eventually yes. eating.
0: You were enjoying a Thai curry, I think.
1: <laughs> I was enjoying a Thai curry and a spring roll. And I also enjoyed a glass of wine. But there was so much going on and all that music.
0: Really great samba band. And I managed to pick up an interview with someone called Terry Shepherd, who was on the, was on the high street with everybody else, watching all the floats and everything go by. And he was actually one of the judges for the Spirit of the Carnival and this is what he said. My name is
2: Terry Shepherd and on behalf of Debbie Cruxton, we are judging the spirit of the carnival. We got a trophy in in, um, the name of Maddie Cruxton in her honor. She passed away a few years ago. She entered the carnival every year, as we all did. Um, And her parents sadly couldn't make it today. And so she's asked me to judge uh, the the competition for the the spirit of the carnival and see who we can see. And one's going by there now. They're em- that's very good. I like Those that. Those are the royals? Yeah they're the, the royals. Yeah they are, the little royals, yeah.
0: Lovely. Yeah, it's so what are you down. looking for as the spirit uh, of the car?
2: Well, com- they're embracing, as long as they're embracing the atmosphere and embracing everything and day. just, you know, smiling happy and nice. happy yeah, and just enjoying the whole thing, that's Made, what it's all about. Making an effort. Making an effort, exactly that, yeah. It's, it's all about embracing it all, isn't it? So here we go, It's coming down? So a little walking parade now, Tisbury Preschooler lots of little children bubbles all dressed up in angels and yeah it's all lovely isn't it look at that that's beautiful yeah no and there come all the bumblebees look at that oh it's just great yeah great great show by all the walking parades here
0: great thank you very
2: much
1: We start this week with Mary talking to Stuart Cundick
0: about what a D fib actually is. Then Rosie Buck's back in her garden with her bees, and we round off the programme with our list of what's on in Tisbury and the Nadder Valley.
1: Now, Stuart Cundick is a man you might all know due to his very recognisable haircut. And he's on a mission to increase access to something potentially very important to all Tisbury residents.
0: I'm with Stuart Condick in his house in Springfield Park. Let's start, Stuart, with just what you do for the day job, because we all know that you're a bit of a pillar of the Tisbury community on the voluntary side. But what do you do in the day?
3: I'm a firefighter at Boscombe Down. I've been there since 2004, so 19 years.
0: Right. And you've also got this other company called Salamander, is that right?
3: That's right, yeah. A training company that does first aid training, fire awareness and health and safety training. Right. Yeah, I grew up in Fontal Gifford on Fontal Estate at the stables, which was a fantastic place for two young boys, me and my brother, to grow up. Then moved into Tisbury uh, when I was about 18 because of the fire service. I had to be close to the station So, and have been here ever since.
0: So we know you from facebook you're a familiar profile with your particular hairstyle (laughs) but would you say that the first aid and the fire awareness was your passion for helping tisbury
3: yeah we do the training at work anyway so so i thought about training because i enjoy training um and i'm quite happy to you know improve everybody's knowledge of first aid to try and save a life which is essentially what it's for
0: And then you're also involved with generally volunteering. You're a a familiar voice commentating for fates like tug of war, football, etc.
3: Yeah, uh, quizzes and and, and all that sort of stuff.
0: So can you tell us more about the defibrillators that you've been instrumental in installing in the village?
3: I went and saw the uh, parish council about getting a a public access one because there's quite a few around the village. Um, but they're not accessible during the evening and night time. So I'm quite passionate about getting Dfibs out in the community. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really going and having a chat with the parish council and then hopefully pretty soon there's going to be one in the square.
0: Right. Outside Coffee Angels. That's it, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
4: Apply pads to patients' bare chest. Plug-in pads connector next to flashing light.
0: So, just back to this defibrillator thing. Maybe if I call them defibs, that would be easier. Can you just describe what they are and what they're for in the, the plainest language that you can, please?
3: Basically, the defib stops the heart, puts a shock across the chest, stops the heart, and hopefully the brain kicks in and says, hey, my heart's not beating, let's get back into a proper rhythm.
0: And why is that important?
3: If somebody's in that condition, if they don't get something going for them, they're going to pass away. So,
0: As a complete layperson, I see these defib sort of signs around the village, but I've no idea when or, or how to use them. Are they straightforward?
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. To be honest, all you need to do is turn them on. Sometimes even just open the lid on them, depending on what make you've got, but turn them on and listen to what it says. And it will tell you exactly what to do. Uh,
0: Why do people need training then?
3: Well, it's... They don't really, to be fair. Um, But when Tisbury's won it, the Coffee Angels is in place. I've offered free training for the community just to give people a chance to get their skills in CPR up together.
0: CPR is what?
3: Cardiopulmonary resuscitation,
0: which is
3: basically mouth-to-mouth and heart compressions that's a, a skill that you need, to, you need to do the right amount and the right at the right rate but then moving forward with the defib just to so people aren't scared of using them right. just to show people whether actually they're really easy to use and and how to use them
0: right and then there's going to be this new one outside coffee angels yep. okay when's that going to be installed
3: i'm not sure the parish council have been i went to the parish council and, and said my bit and they've acted on it and it's I think it's quite soon
0: and uh, as I understand it defibs are important in communities like ours because we've got a generally older population is that right
3: yeah yeah older and remote if you need a defib you need it in the first 10 minutes of of having your heart episode after 10 minutes the chances to survive were quite remote
0: and if they're in a public place near a defib then what
3: uh, get access to the dfib generally they're in a locked cabinet or a phone box or something like that. Um, phone 999, they'll give you the code so you can get access to the dfib and then just crack on with it.
0: Okay, so the, the 999 call basically unlocks the DFib
3: equipment. The, the operator will give you a code. You'll say where you are and they'll give you a code to access it.
0: I see, okay, right. So, Stuart, thanks for telling us all about your professional and voluntary work. Now we're just going to have a little fun thing. What gets you out of bed in the morning, Stuart?
3: Normally it's the wife's right foot, to be honest. <laughs> OK. Uh, no, no uh, it's... Uh, I don't know. You, you, the reason you go to work is to pay the mortgage and get that cleared, so it's kind of that, really.
0: But you sound, you sound as though you do
3: love your work. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do enjoy... Especially the training, I really. You know, it's a, a big passion of mine. And if I can give somebody a bit of knowledge and save a life along the way, then, then happy days.
0: Absolutely great. What's your favorite disc that you take to a desert island?
3: Um, my music taste changes daily. Some, I don't think I've got a favorite record, but uh, I'd probably take a Tenacious D album with me because we saw them recently. So
0: okay, yeah, any probably. particular song? Uh,
3: no, I'd, I'd t- just take one of their old albums with me. <laughs> OK, right, say no more.
0: <laughs> and what do you most like about Tisbury?
3: It's... I, what I like about Tisbury is the community, a great community, and its remoteness.
0: And dislike about Tisbury?
3: Dislike? I've got a couple, really. The fact that the Westerns, South shut shut, that, mm. that annoys me because it's a fantastic building for a a hotel which I think Tisbury needs to be honest, especially by the side of the railway. Mm. And then obviously whilst we're at the railway, the other side, the old palmer site, is, is a bit of an eyesore for people coming on the train.
0: Mm. Yeah. And what's your favourite local view apart from hating the view when you come in <laughs> a,
3: on the train? It's not a million miles away from there, up on the top of Chantry.
0: Lovely. Looking
3: back across Tisbury, when we had the dog, uh, we used to go up there and it was, you know, Fun times and, and a nice view back over the village.
0: Mm, yeah. Now complete this sentence. Not many people know this about Tisbury, but
3: the only thing I can think of is that in Martha's Vineyard in America, there is another Tisbury, a West Tisbury, and a Chilmark altogether.
0: So, quick fire now. Dogs or cats?
3: I like both, but dogs.
0: Okay. Tea or coffee?
3: Coffee.
0: Beer or wine?
3: If I only had to have one, it would probably be wine, to be
0: honest. Football or rugby? Football. OK. And now music, would it be Radio 1, Radio 2 or Radio 3? Radio 2. Great. OK, thank you very, very much, Stuart.
3: Pleasure, thank you.
4: Apply pads to patient's bare chest. Plug in pads
0: connector next to flashing light.
1: You're listening to Tiz Talk from Tisbury Wheelchair.
0: Now Rosie Buck is back in her garden on Vicarage Road and she's telling us all about how the bees have done this summer. Well it's been a funny old year in the garden both in terms of
4: the flowers and enjoying it and being able to be out in it but also for the pollinators and the bees. We had a very cool early spring, having followed that really, really cold winter, where I lost a lot of things like dahlias and hebees and such like. And then for the bees, we got a reasonable spring crop, which is a good indication that they're quite healthy. But that's for the beekeeper is usually just an interim to see you over until the main crop which comes at the end of July, beginning of August where you're taking what you think is a surplus from the bees leaving them with enough to see them through the winter. But then we had that very, very hot June which altogether is known as a time of year as the June Gap because there is so little flowering out there and so little forage for the bees. But with July came high hopes, but unfortunately with those high hopes came the wet and the wind and the cool. And as a result, the bees found it very difficult to find sufficient nectar and pollen. Not only was it too cold sometimes or too wet for them to get out and forage, if they did get out, they often were caught out in a rain shower And indeed that the flowers, when it's like that, haven't got the sufficient time to build up sufficient pollen and nectar before the next lot of rain comes along. So as a result, when we got to the end of July, beginning of August, there really was very little honey indeed. This was something that was echoed by a number of beekeepers who talked in terms of being down by 70% and some people not having any honey whatsoever. However, we did get a little bit of honey and then we also got a very, very late swarm, which the saying is that a swarm in May is worth a bale of hay. A swarm in June is worth a silver spoon and a swarm in July is worth a fly. So I'm not quite sure what a swarm in August is, but I don't think it's very good. Anyway, we managed to catch that swarm that had gone up into an apple tree and got it into a new hive, but we then had to really feed them like Billy Ho because they didn't have sufficient time and there wasn't sufficient forage out there for them to build up ready for the autumn and then to get them through the winter. And because we were feeding them, we felt we had to feed the other colonies that we had because what we didn't want was there being a relatively weak colony, a new swarm, with the other bees looking to rob. So we had to feed a lot earlier than we normally would have done. But we did that, and the new swarm looks good. The original swarm that we got right at the beginning of the summer unfortunately looks like it's queenless at the moment and that you often get with an early prime swarm because that will be with a queen that's come from a previous year and she might die out during that year and then what you hope for is a late supersedure which means basically that the workers lay queen cells and the queen hatches out but what you've really got your fingers crossed for is that there's going to be a, enough warm, lovely weather for that queen to get out and um, have a mating flight and then come back in and start laying again. So fingers crossed on that one. So with the bees as ready as they can be really for winter, having been fed some sugar syrup and now crucially with the ivy out, which is so good for them, they should have sufficient stores to see them through the winter, and ready for next spring. And with that, as we get towards autumn, we are aware that we need to be enjoying the last vestiges of summer and the last flowers that are out, prolonging that as much as possible with regular deadheading and general cutting back of overgrown borders. But our eyes turn towards next summer and the hopes of a new year when the weather will be sufficiently clement, not too hot, not too cold, for us all to enjoy our gardens and for the bees to really thrive.
0: Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com.
1: And finally, here's Loud Pointer with the
5: Watsons. A much quieter week ahead in Tisbury after the mad and crazy carnival activities and events which went on all last week. Well done to Carnival Committee and for all their brilliant organising and fundraising to bring a much energised and fun-filled carnival back to our high street. So as calm once again descends on the good citizens of Tisbury, we have for you green drinks and chat which will take place in the boot on Tuesday the 26th, starting at 7:30 pm. The community choir meets at 7:30 in the Methodist Hall on Thursday the 28th. All are welcome and Tisbury Natural History Society excursion will leave from the nadder Center car park on Saturday the 30th at 9 am. Also on Saturday the 30th the Tisbury Foot Club walk will leave the nadder Close car park at 9:45 a.m. Also on Saturday the 30th, a preview of Daniel Agdag's work titled Tide Houses will open at 11am at Messam's Gallery. After critical success at the Shaftesbury Fringe, The Glory of the Garden, an anthology of poetry, prose and song, will be performed at the Tefont Village Hall on Friday the 29th of September, starting at 7:30pm. Email Rose Chapman Eva at gmail.com for tickets. And that's all for this week.
0: Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on TisTalk.buzzsprout.com Now just before we leave you a little bit more carnival news. Here are the winners. Individual, nine years and under, Princess Peach, Persephone Snook. Individual, over 15, Avril Goddard. Decorated pram, bike or wheelchair, Jacob Holland. Small group, 10 or fewer, Granny Majorettes. Large group, more than 10, the Wild Trekkers. School, nursery, youth group, Tisbury Preschool. Groups, clubs and societies, Tisbury Cadets. Floats. Floats. TAG, Tisbury Arts Group, Groups, Business, Establishments, Tisbus, Commercial Vehicles, Tisbury Fire Station, Shop Display, Lady Tree Designs, Kate Good, Spirit of Carnival, Granny Valley Majorettes, Best En Route, The Wild Trekkers, Best in Carnival, Wild Trekkers, Most Humorous, Tisbury Preschool, Best Musical, Granny Majorettes, And finally, most creative, Jacob Holland. Thanks for a fantastic carnival, all those involved. And if you want to see some great photos of the day, go to Tisbury Carnival Committee Facebook or What's Going On in Tisbury Facebook. That's all from us. We've been Julianne Murphy and Mary Myers with special guest Lal Pointer.